When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of White Wine Question Time, where this week I'm joined by two incredibly inspiring guests who met on Twitter, connecting over their shared but very different experiences of foster care and the adoption system. First up, he's an author, a broadcaster, an MBE, a poet and the Chancellor of Manchester University, taken unlawfully from his unmarried Ethiopian mother at birth and put into a foster family who went on to let him down horribly when at the age of 12, they turned him out of their home and destined him to a teenage life in government care that left him displaced, feeling unwanted and horribly misunderstood. His novel, My Name Is Why, is a Sunday Times bestseller, a painful but incredibly beautiful read, and I implore you to do so. Lem Sisse, it's my pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now sitting alongside Lem is one of my closest friends and a returning guest to White Wine Question Time. She's an acclaimed actress, a cook, a best-selling author, and she has recently published her own story, Meant to Be, which is a brutally honest account of her journey to motherhood, which after finding herself unable to conceive after fertility treatment didn't work for her, saw her adopt a beautiful little girl who is now a sensational 13-year-old little wonder. Lisa Faulkner, thank you for making this episode happen. I'm so excited about this episode. <laughs> Just to give you some context, right, for you you lovely people that listen in every week. Lisa and I spoke about doing this episode when she was publishing a book. And I would speak to you while you were writing, locked Mm. away. And we said, when the the book comes out, we must do the podcast. And we'll dedicate a whole episode to adoption. And you were adamant that you wanted to do this with Lem, who you'd never met until today in real life. You were Twitter friends. Uh, Completely. And actually, it's really funny. I'd listened to... followed Lem because somebody had retweeted a poem that you'd written and I loved it and then nearly every morning you'd write there'd be another poem and it would make me it would make my day and then I found out about your past and I sort of then I heard you on Desert Island Discs and it was sort of those things where you go 
My daughter's adopted. I fostered her and then I adopted her. And you were a beacon of somebody that I could go, look at this guy. He's got something. It's so amazing. The, you're so creative. Your words are beautiful. And you, you've done it. You're there. You're all right. And it's a really big lesson. And my daughter says it all the time. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes she says, yeah, adopted kids, they don't have, you know, they're the bad ones or there's this or there's that. She says there's always an, a perception. And I always say, well, you need to you need to look at Lem. And yep. we, do, we talk about you a lot. So uh-huh. I'm very, I was so excited that you do this. And your book, wow. Wow. <laughs> so when when you reached out to me, uh, when Lisa reached out to me, um, um, her her um, her vibe is very awake and alive. I'm, I don't mean to talk about me because no, I'm talking about you, do. but in no, my book it do. says he lit up the room when he was a kid, and I couldn't help but do that. It wasn't like I was like I'm going to light up this room because I want people to. I just that's just who I was, and yeah. I can see that now in my files, so I can stand by that statement. Yeah, but that's who you are. Um, and as I, I mean, you're awake. I don't mean that in a in a cosmetic way. I mean that in a an alive mm. way. And you, I don't know this industry. Whatever it is, if it's about one thing, it's about finding your tribe. I've realised mm. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It is the communications industry, but what happens in it is a group of people are constantly finding their tribe, and that's quite. Uh, profound even from a distance it's profound and yeah. you just you're just like there's one of us and look what she's on telly she's doing you know she's doing a cookery program that's proper mainstream you know <laughs> proper and, mainstream. And, and, and that's listen just... i was watching her last night on the confession she is literally a triple threat she can do it all <laughs> that's great you were really good on the on the confession list thank you but really to link good. over that over this and then to over books and over our lives kind of cool because we're very different we're yeah. from different places and you know and, but you um, know what what's so lovely is the genuine excitement about you two being being able to put you together for a conversation and seeing how much of a thrill that is for you both yeah, it's brilliant we met through words yeah absolutely the absolutely. best kind of introduction yeah. yeah what i really wanted to explore today um with the two of you here is the two very different narratives and probably the best way I can describe it is that you offer up two very juxtaposed bookends to a conversation around children in care be it fostering or adoption um, before I started to put the show together I watched your documentary which is on 4OD oh, called Super Kids and Lisa's incredible. just watched it as well haven't you Said I said how I literally again it's very funny how I've done I wanted to be a mum because I wanted to be a mum. And yes, I fought to be a mum in the fact that I went, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to keep going until I become a mum. I had no idea that then that journey, probably from my daughter becoming 10, 11, would open out to suddenly be awake, for your words, about what I've, not what I've done, but about the community that... I now sort of hold in my hands this this community of kids who either have been in care or who are in care or who have experienced childhood trauma, which mm. is a huge mm. thing, and it's made me want to want to do something to mm. help. And watching you with those kids and recognising certain things in people that I know, it it was incredible and it's your awareness. words was amazing it was awareness yeah you, so should I just explain aware. what Super sorry, Kids yes. is yes. <laughs> so, sorry Kate. why don't you explain what Super Kids is actually Lem it was your documentary 
Superkids is a documentary about a group of young people who were in their teens who were in children's homes or in foster care in Coventry. Mm-hmm. And I was my job was to get them to write poetry about their experiences and to talk with them. And then once they'd done that, um, I took them across the, the town. I walked them across the town into a theatre and said, in a week's time, I want you to perform your poems to whoever you want to be there. I'll get them there. And somebody said, I want my mum there. And somebody said, I want, I want the head of social services there. And, and then they did. They performed in that theatre to a packed audience. And, um, and actually there are requests about who attended. They wanted different people there for very different reasons. Yeah. Some was because they were yearning for acceptance and some wanted retribution. Yes, that's right. It was right. such a gamut of emotion. Yeah. It was very powerful. But what I loved, Lem, was watching children discover their feelings through words. Yeah. And the, the first exercise that you ran with them was a task called I Remember. That's and I right. wondered if we could run that as, as a task here today on the podcast so that I could understand from you both what you remember about your experiences in being a child, a child in care yeah. and being a mother taking on a child who was in the care system. So, That's a great question. I remember. Who wants to go first? I remember the smell of the washing powder. Aerial or fairy? Fairy. You changed just I for changed Billy. for her. I remember the smell of the washing powder and I remember thinking, all my clothes are going to smell like this as I smelt her. Because the, the you, you had to use I the same washing powder so she could... Yeah, so it was sensory to, to keep was, things the same. So that she... Because she, she was with a foster carer and to make it, you know, make it sort of not... Such a big transition to move from one person to another person. Just everything that she had, I washed in the same... Um, washing powder. So, oh. and I remember the feeling, watch, smelling her for the first time, and thinking, "This is going to be the smell of my washing. This is the smell of my house. This is the smell now." And it's that is like weird, smell. isn't it? This just washing powder. <laughs> isn't that beautiful? It is because in lieu of that, I had the smell of um, witch hazel. Is an early smell in Savlon from my foster mother, who smelled because she was a she was a, a nurse. And um, there was something very, very uh, warm about these, something very motherly about these smells. That was her, her, her hospital smell. Yeah, and there's something quite sharp about those smells, possibly. Yeah. And, and your, the smell of the fairy um, using the same smell for your, your daughter, that's, that's quite a beautiful thing. It's a um, lovely attention to detail. Yes, it shows it how is. much you're thinking yeah. of a child before she's even your own. Yeah, but I think that you're also you're given the great thing about when you're when you are going through the adoption process is that there are sort of courses. You know, you are made to do a lot of workshops on how a child feels stuff that you sort of feel like you've gone back to drama school for. Yes, because you're there doing um, role play. Yeah, tableaus and role play, and it's. Oh gosh, some of it's so depressing, and you think, "I feel like I'm. Why am I doing this? Oh yes, I'm doing this because this is what I want. The ultimate goal is that I'm going to be a mother." But I think that there are loads of things and reasons, like your name, 
which is why your book resonated so much with me as well, was that this whole thing about a name, and we were always told, your child, the only thing that they have left from their families a lot of the time is their name that they were given. So don't change their name. Love, get their name and understand their name and everything about that becomes a really big part of their jigsaw puzzle that you are not going to take out of their jigsaw puzzle because they own it. And so even when my daughter goes, oh, I wish I wasn't called Billy. I'd like to be called Raven or something else. (laughs) And I go, you've got the coolest name in the whole world. It is amazing. You own it, girl. And I think that that's, you know, I say I'm not, I think to those little things that you might not know and you might think as an adoptive parent well, they were called this, but I don't want to call them that, so we're going to call them... Why would you take, uh, you know, a part of their history and try and wipe it out? Well, people do it for the best of reasons. Uh, yeah, and I know you know that. Yes. You know, they, and, and, and the, the worst things c- can happen which are done for the best of what they think are the best of reasons. So yeah. I think you're absolutely... So Lem, it's you, great to hear you say yeah. that. Lem, it's just great to hear you say that. You didn't know that you were Lem until what age? Until I was 16, 17. And you had been given name... Of- I was. My name was obviously when you look at me, black, urbane, etc. It's Norman, isn't it? <laughs> you know you're looking at a Norman. You're like, oh, he's so... It, Norman <laughs> he's really so works for him. <laughs> Norman. He's a Norman. He's a Norman. All right, Norman. <laughs> Front mines. Front mines. Well, it was a mining town it and was. a mill town. Um, Let's give some context to okay. this because you were adopt. Uh, you were fostered. I'm yeah. sorry. I it's keep okay. Saying adopted it's not. It's, and it's, not, it's a really. I, I totally understand that why that no, would it's happen. It's a massive detail because yes. you, you explain why. An adoption is when the in my time in the 60s is when the mother signs the adoption papers and signs all legal rights of the child over to the people who are adopting which means that you don't have a social worker then. The child is then, the, the, you know, the child of the adopting parents. When you're fostered, you are part of, still part of the social services and you still have a social worker, etc. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Bit of a long-winded way. Shall no, I try but, again? But your mother was told, she came to this country and was pregnant, fell pregnant. You My mum was pregnant in flight, not actually on the flight, but in Athens, because the plane changed in Athens and she had a night or two over in Athens and it happened there. That's where you were conceived? Yeah, thank you. And when she came to England, she didn't know she was pregnant. She was at the beginning of the rest of her life. She was 21. It was her first studying abroad. She had no intention of staying in England and didn't. Um, but she was pregnant and and uh, then she was sent to the north of England from the college in the south. In Bracknell, wasn't it? In Bracknell to a mother and baby home called St. Margaret's where the primary purpose was to get her child adopted. She said she only wanted me fostered. The social worker gave me to foster parents and said to them, treat this as an adoption. We'll get her to sign the adoption papers and his name is Norman. You, that's the one thing, you, cannot, you have to call him Norman. They wanted to call me Mark after Mark in the Bible and their last name was Greenwood. So was, my name was Norman Mark Greenwood. Norman was actually the name of your social worker, wasn't it? That was his name. Mm. So he was naming me after himself. It's kind of twisted. Uh, And then all of their experimentation went wrong. The foster parents, by the time I was 12, 11, 12, they they decided that they didn't want me to be around anymore. Having had three children of their own. Having had three children of their own. And having taught me that they wanted, that I was their child forever and... Um, 
yeah, and then um, and then they put me into children's homes at twelve and never contacted me. And actually, made you think that you'd been yeah. It was all my decision. I used to take biscuits from the tin without saying please and thank you. I used to. And no, that's not true. I used to steal biscuits from the tin, and then at I used home. to lie about at it. At home. Home. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been with them since I was um, since I was a month old or two months old or something. And they just um, they just gave up. They'd had three children of their own, and they just gave up. And then the worst thing they did was. In my files, in my book, it says that my foster mum says he was amoral. Because of the biscuits? You know, for whatever reason, she told my social worker that I was amoral after spending all her life teaching me about God and good and bad and etc. This is the the time of the omen. I think it's so damaging. I can only imagine at 12 years old to think... What's inside me that's wrong? Yeah. What have you looked at and gone? Yeah, that's right. What can you see that I can't see? Mm. And where and have you have put me to where, deal with uh, that? I, mm. I, it, I can't. I'm speechless. Because I think that most parents will look at their child and go, "What the heck? Yes. What's going on here?" Especially I don't at that know age. That, that's the age <laughs> where you look at your child and you think, you know, what the heck is inside you? Because I don't know what it is. I'm going to be here, but I don't know what that is. And that's fine. That's part of the process. But if you were then to go, okay, I don't know what that is, but you're going to lose everybody. Your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your grandparents, everything. your granddad, your town, your first girlfriend, everything ever, you've ever known is not going to be yours from now on because of what we see. And then they close the door and that's it. They were the people who said to me, this is your mother, this is your father. We're yours forever. And... And I constantly reassured you throughout your childhood because you didn't look like them. I was a black kid. They were, you know, Anglo-English. Um, but So they went really, out of their way in, the, in your formative years to say, we don't care, you're ours. Look, yes. you're us. No, 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 no. They got me from I was a baby, okay? So nobody's saying... The, the, it, it, the, it's almost it's interesting because the the race is almost not visible. What's visible is the betrayal mm. because I don't see my colour when I'm a cat child. I, actually, I did see colour a lot because I got called all kinds of names, but, but that was all in the negative. They were my mum and dad. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And you don't need to be a blood to be mum and dad, to be, to be absolutely... People think because they have a baby and they feel a sense of like, oh my God, I never knew I could live, love somebody as much as I love this child. They also then think that that's not, what's wrong with that is that they can ring fence that feeling and say, you can't have that outside of having the experience that I've just had. And it's not true. An adoptive mother can love a child just as much as a woman who's had the child themselves. Mm. Just because you've had the child physically doesn't mean to say that the love that you're feeling inside of yourself is solely connected to you having a child yourself. It's just that you've yeah. experienced and it And equally, that way. some parents, women, can have a child biologically and not connect with that mm. child. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So it works in reverse. And I know yeah. because I, I have yeah. a, an incredible example of a friend here yeah. in Lisa. I know, she couldn't love Billy more if, yes. she'd, if she'd given birth to her. She could not love and be more committed to her daughter. I know yes, that. I but see that's that. what a parent does. But a parent also should be allowed to... I'm sorry, but this is true, I think. 
A parent should be allowed to not like their child at some points. A chair, parent oh, that's should be allowed really to. Normal. Of to, course. Yes, it is. I know it is. And I just want to. But I think that the one of the things about being adopted is that for an adopted parent, I would guess everybody feels like they can have a piece of what your experience is. And like to say, well, you can't be angry with your child or you can't be, you know, they, everybody feels like they, you're just a parent, pe- yes. just like any other parent. And people, but I think people don't. Committed. I think people from my daughter's point of view and from my point of view, especially when she was little, everyone thought, well, because you've adopted her, I can tell you how to parent because, you know, I've done it and I'm a parent and I'm this. And you know what? She needs to go on the naughty step or she needs to do this. And I'm going, she doesn't because I've, I know what she needs and I know that I'm going to have to parent her slightly differently to other people. And everyone else thinks that they have their little own... Mine do exactly the same. It's nothing to do with the fact that she's adopted. And I'm thinking... It's not an excuse and it's not a tag that she wears around her neck. But there is a plus. I call it a plus. There is a plus. There's something that means that I parent her slightly differently. That's beautiful. Because I have to. And all I can do as as her mother is hold her hand through it. And what I say to her all the time is, "I'm I'm not responsible for what happened. What I am responsible for is the fact that you are safe and that you are my girl and that we will I will hold your hand through all the shit that you might have to go through because I can't make it all better but I can always be there and even when I'm shouting at you and you don't want to be here because you want to be out with your mates and whatever that's fine because actually you're shouting in in a safe place course, and you yeah. know that whatever I say and whatever you say we go to bed at night and I come and kiss you and smell your little head and it's all okay. You know, and I think that's that's the point, is that however much there is that ownership of that people think, and the other thing that they say, a lot of people say is to, to her, well, they're not your real mum and dad. People say, her friends say that. And she gets so cross about it. Does she? Good. Yeah. And then there's people say to me, well, you know, do you feel, do you ever feel that you really, you know, would have had an, a birth child and would it have been different? And I say, I didn't have one. It didn't work out. But I, as you say, it doesn't make any difference. I love her and I now know that I'm her mum. But it took a long time for me to know that it didn't, it's not about blood. And blood is a huge part. And that's not taking away her, her birth family, her history, any of that. That is super important. But so is our relationship. It's mm. as important. And sometimes you don't, you sort of don't allow yourself to be as important because you think you want to make sure that you're doing everything right by the book, by, you know, what you should be doing. And it's, it's, it's as important. And she is my absolute life. She is 100% the person that I will fight to the day I die for. I can only say what I see, Lise, but I can't see a way that you could love Billy more than what I see between the two of you. You no. love you love her and you fight with her and you do all the other things that any mother and daughter would and should. Yeah, but I also think that it is just like a normal relationship. Yes. You know, a lot of the time people and a lot of people who have gone started the adoption process or have, have been thinking about it or suddenly they're not they're trying to get pregnant it's not worked out. And they dip their toe in the water and they want to ask questions like, but is it always 
hard and is there always other issues and is there always trauma it's like do you know what no there's not most of the time it's why have you not washed your PE kit again it stinks get it in the wash there's this and there's that and there's friendship issues and whatever and it's normal and then yes of course there are the other times that there is the plus that you have to deal with but that's part of life when you have a child you don't know what you're going to get don't. So, you know, why would it be any different? You don't know. You just, you're there, aren't you? And you're in it and you're a mum and you just go for it. Um, I don't have children. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing that you've just said about the building of that relationship as a mother to a daughter. Um, do you get people right to you? you know, who, who are going through the adoption process? I'm sure you do, but I, yeah. I just wanted to ask. I, I, I said the other day, I was saying that, you know, I've written cookery books and I've done loads of acting and mm. people sort of feel they've know, known me for a mm. long time. And then I wrote a book that the emails that I've got and the messages I've got, if I'd have had one of them, I, that was the reason to write the book. And I've had so oh. many people saying, I can do this, or I've gone through this many miscarriages, or I've now on my last IVF and you've given me hope and there's that light in the darkness and that's all that the sun will come out from behind the clouds and that's why I wanted to write that book you know what I mean and so I do. so that for every person that's written those letters I read them when I get them and I'm blown away by yeah. them Lem, you say that poetry um, allows you to say the unsayable, and that was yeah. certainly what I took away from Super Kids: is that you helped to unlock those mm. children to the point that they could say something they needed to say, but had been till that point unsayable. And I wonder what needs to be said more about adoption—the good and the bad—that oh. would better inform people's experiences of it and their appetite <laughs> to be a part of it. Adoption is the greatest thing that a human being can do for another human being, in my opinion, because a child is going to test you emotionally, financially, politically, socially, on every level. Mm. A child for any parent will affect you on all of those levels and they will push your, you know, your the, the spots, the thing that you think that you were just trying to hide, you know, in yourself, <laughs> that button will be pressed so, the beauty, so adoption is the greatest thing that a human being can do for another. I would say that when people talk about adoption being a difficult process, uh, I get this a lot at my gigs. People come, they'll say, oh my God, it's so difficult. And there, are, and I, I will say, try having a baby. Yeah. That's a really difficult procedure, yeah, right? It is. So, 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 you know, so, and also, also, we other children who are adopted or children in care, most of the children who are taking drugs underage, drinking underage, saying unbelievably hurtful things inside the house, uh, who are saying that they're going to run away or staying out late at night, they're not in children's homes and they're not fostered and they're not traumatised, classically. They're in our families. Mm. Mm. And when those problems happen, we will improvise a way of being able to, to help them uh, as a parent or parents. When they're in care, 
they're imprisoned. They are the police are sent after them for running away. They are punished in a punishment regime which has no hug at the end of it, mm. uh, and no reconciliation except for the fact that they're bad. So they're badged as bad. They're badged they? as bad. But but all children are bad and good. But a child in care is labelled as intrinsically bad, intrinsically naughty. And this is where the importance of love needs to come in. And there is a something's going to be released by the government about trying to include love in children's services. How do you include love? You know, it's the actions of love yeah. that matter. It's, it's not actually that difficult. You know, like, have you ever said, has anybody ever said to you, uh, I've, uh, you've got to fake it to make it. Yes. Yeah. And there's something in that. I say it to myself totally. every day. Yeah, right. Totally. But there's something in it. Yeah. And I think the actions of love is similar. It, it, the actions of love is like, don't go to punish the child first and foremost. Look at them. Apply What's going on with them? Yeah. Where's it coming from? How can you, you know, and then punish them, whatever. But, but those two things need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um I was only going to say that you said something that really resonated with me about children in the care system. And you said what's obvious is that there is we have a system which there are all these kids that are in and there's all these foster carers and these children's homes and social services. And what's missing is love. Yeah. And it's the most, most important and yeah. the most important thing. Yeah. And what... Well, you know what, at least it's self-raising flower because without it, you that, that human spirit can't totally. rise. Totally, but it pe- can't, and can people it? always say, "But how will I love a child that's not that I didn't make?" Or how can I love that? Or you know what I mean? I guess a lot of questions that people, you know, when they're they're opening up in the, four o'clock in the morning and they're asking themselves the questions. It's can I love a child that I didn't create? And I always think that if you've got you love your friends. I mean, I love my friends. I love my sister. My dad, I love. My, my dog, I'm lo- I love. My, my godchildren, I adore. My nieces, my nephews. And I really, my, my partner, who's going to be my husband, I love these people with a capacity that I had no idea that I could love them. So, of course, if I've got that love there, of course I'm going to love mm. a child that needs that love and it is a bit like a watering can that you know and the sun you know you actually watch somebody grow from it yeah oh wow don't you think that's true yeah but i mean just i'm just loving what you're just saying because i'm going to quote you because (laughs) that thing about no but that thing about loving friends and loving your dog and loving your dad and loving your future husband etc of course you use love all the time, don't you? Yeah, so why you is it that we say when you adopt a child, oh, well, it's not the same. Yes, it's like, wait right. a minute. Why would none it be of any them different? Are the same. But, but you love. None of them are different. Yes. Well, our capacity to love is actually enormous. Immense. It yeah. is. It is to infinity. And the more you love, there's even more that comes yeah. out. It's just great to, uh, you're great um, example to people, Lisa, that uh, this is possible and it's beautiful and it can be a painful journey. Oh, yeah. But you're also, you don't carry yourself like a victim as well. You're not like, the, you know, you're not like, I've been through all well, of this no. to get this thing. But, you know, it's but like. You, same with you. And same yeah, with. Yeah, we have that in common. You know, yeah. it's, and I say to my daughter, you have a choice. You have a choice every day as to whether you want to be the victim and you want to go, well, this happened to me, so feel sorry for me. Or you go, yep, that's part of me. It's a big part of me. But look at my face. I'm still smiling. And I say every day, you 
don't ever be the victim. Don't be, woe is me, because life will just keep giving you victims shit. Well, it's, how you, <laughs> it's, it's always how you frame it, right? You could be sat here saying, I couldn't have a child biologically, so I adopted. Or you could say... I couldn't have a child biologically and I won the lottery of life because I was able to adopt. But do you know what? You're right. But at the same time, and there are so many people going through those, like having miscarriage after miscarriage or IVF failed attempt after failed attempt or ectopic or whatever and feeling like there is nothing that they... How can they get to the next place? How can they get themselves off the floor? Yeah. Because... There's a place where you are on that floor and you think, I can't get up. And believe me, I think everybody in this room has been there at Mm. different times for Mm. different reasons. But something makes you get up. Something makes you, there's the chink of light. You just have to look for it. And even if it's just, you know what, getting onto the sofa instead of staying in bed. And Mm. then putting your clothes on instead of your pyjamas. Baby steps. Baby steps. We're all very hard on ourselves. We really and, are. And it takes a long time to get from there to there. But you can do it. But you just have to just say, this is now, isn't well, I'm, it? Well, I'm looking right now, Lise, at an incredible example of the human spirit, and that's Lem. <laughs> yes. It is I. It is you. Kate Thornton. But you are Lem. It is I, the human spirit. <laughs> no, Sound you, effects. Very but good. you found your rescue remedy. I found my rescue remedy. In a dictionary, didn't you? In it a was, dictionary. No, but words saved you. Words definitely did save me. When the unimaginable happened to me, it was words which said, uh, you know, you are, uh, you are here now. It's words that said, when I, was, when I was basically in a wilderness, words described it, described me, and said, you're going to need this memory. Nobody else is going to remember that you were here, so you're going to need to remember this moment. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Because I'm in the presence of a wordsmith. Um, I wanted to do some word association with, oh with you. And, oh and I want you to join in, Lise. Because no, you do it with them. No, you're, oh, you're an okay. author. You're a best-selling author, both of you. Sunday Times bestsellers. Um, I just want to know what each of these words evoke in you by way okay. of memories or feelings. Belonging. Um, oh, I don't think I can do this. Um, <sighs> you don't have to. It's a live story. I'm okay, by the way, and I'm okay with feeling emotional, but um, it's a very live story, and I've been doing interviews and talking about it, and it's all fine, but I need to manage myself. Through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, but uh, no, no, no. Go, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, let's no, do it. No, 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 let's I, do it. I can belonging... see that your emotions are sitting on the surface. I love that they are, because mine are too. In yeah. fact, I think all of ours are. So, yeah. so, so do you know what? Let's let's try, and yeah, yeah, if it yeah. doesn't on, feel right, you can pass. Bust like, it. Let's pretend it's blockbusters, and yeah, you yeah, can yeah. pass. Okay. okay? We, can, we can manage. We can go our, for a gold run. <laughs> we manage our way through our emotions, but at the same time, you know, you want to be open, and and you want to be open, and you want to be honest and. And that means that you, what you give out, you open this window in yourself to give out your explanations or whatever, but you forget that the window is like two ways and yeah. stuff is coming in as well. Yeah. And you sometimes are like, oh, okay, you know, that's what this is. It's a two-way thing. Of course it is. It, yeah. it can just be a one-word answer. Yeah, okay. okay. Belonging. Um, um, I definitely belong in the present. Yeah. And Above all things... That's the best place to be. You also belong in the sunrise. It's profoundly important. None me. of us are present enough. Yeah. No, and yeah, he, yeah. And I, I, yeah, his true. pictures, every time he does anything, the sunrises are so incredible that if I was, one of the words that I would call for you would be sunrise. So that's I where like you that. belong for me. Lemon sunrise. Um, safe. Home is Rest for me. Was home. that for you as exactly well? Exactly the same. That's so home. Home. Because you've home. made your home, you've made your yeah. home, and I've made my home, and I actually feel safe there. But isn't that amazing? Yeah. To to have somewhere to feel safe. You know what? That's all I want for my girl. Yeah. And I say that when she when you asked about belonging, when you said belonging, I thought I do this constantly. All I do is put myself into what she would say, because I think that I she would say. say I don't know where I belong. Like, I know that I've got home and I know that I've got mummy and I know that that's my home and I've got all my people, but there's another part of me. So I don't know what she might say. Do you know what I mean? And so I just want her to to have that belonging one day, to go, I do have it. You know what I mean? Has she ever told you that that's how she feels or you, is that your supposition? No, I, I think it's my supposition, but I, I think from... She's uh, she's great with her words. She her writing 
Her her handwriting is rubbish. Her creative writing is incredible. And you know why? That's because her brain, her hands can't keep up with her brain. No, they can't. Exactly. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, yeah. When you got Billy, did that feel like a sense of belonging? Yes and no. It it's like Christmas came. I didn't realise that 70 people were coming for dinner at Christmas. Oh. Do you know what I mean? You suddenly go, I can't oh, cope. Christmas is coming and it's snowing and it's great, but I've opened the door and look at all these people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge thing. It's like when you must, it must be the same as bringing, well, I know from my sister, bringing a baby home as a first time mum, yes. you go, Okay, so the hospital have now said it's okay and that baby's been strapped into a car seat and now we're now the parents and we're going home and we've got to look after this thing and keep it alive. So yeah. I think exactly the same. You, you have a child that's coming to live with you. Uh, I didn't know if she was going to stay. We were fostering and I was just thinking, okay, there's this little thing that needs me and for a lot of it, it was just go through the motions of breakfast and watch television and feed the ducks and play in the park and then suddenly it was like bam oh, oh. there it, oh there she is oh gosh my heart yeah it's there's nothing you've got me you've and got that was me. it yeah. that you know from the, that moment on as as a foster parent at the time it didn't matter my dad said to me whatever happens she's in our life forever and oh. she is I will always be there to do anything for her from that moment and that from now on you know that was it yeah. so and it wasn't about saying it wasn't about ownership it wasn't about saying that I am a, a parent because I wasn't it was about just going okay this is I've fallen in love you know that's it I <sighs> I um, I get people coming to my gigs who are adopting parents and this is how it should be. And actually, if you think about it, this is a bit... But a, an adopting parent could actually, uh, on average, be a better parent than a parent who's had a child by birth. Mm. Now, I'm saying that because you're hyper-aware of, of, the, of, yeah. of all of the stuff that you're doing. I'm just saying that quite deliberately, but uh, although, you know... Most people wouldn't agree with that, but... I don't know. I think there's a sense there's a truth Do you understand the logic that I'm going for? I think it's for. a bit I've like... Never... You know, remember when we used to have those bottles of milk at school and the cream would always rise to the top? Oh, yeah. I think a an adoptive I parent see. is a determined parent and, <laughs> and, and they rise to the top because they don't quit. She didn't quit. She was she was demented in her determination to become a mother. That... Was she demented anyway, or was that...? Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's no. quite heightened. No, you know, dramatic. Determined, <laughs> but but it became it became everything, didn't it? Lise? It did, it did, and that's why I always feel for feel that that sense of loss and loss came for me when I my mum died when I was sixteen, and I think it was the first time I I lost this massive this person that was only in my life for sixteen years, but has shaped my life forever to the point that she is on my shoulder all the time and. My daughter knows her. 
You know what I mean? It's just it's just this mm. this person. But so because because you've painted the most glorious picture of your mother to yes, Billy. But not always glorious because it's a real picture. But and that's glorious. Yes, I suppose so. In all yeah, its don't, in don't all give its her the drama high, and don't fire. give her the best bits. No, she's the real not. Bits. She wasn't a saint in any way. But I love that I know all those things, the warts and all. I love the bits that make her the bashes and the dents. And I think that then when I lost her and I realised life was not what I thought it was going to be and then it continued to not be what I thought it was going to be because you think almost well my mum's died well nothing else bad can happen to me or you know what I mean you sort of go well that's it and then something else bad does happen mm-hmm, to you mm-hmm. and you just have to keep going and so and it then brings up your yeah, initial loss brings, as well so you've got it. the bad thing and the thing that happens totally to you. <laughs> and each time I think every time anything rocks you that little that child that's inside you comes right out and you know writing that book I asked myself questions I asked questions to my young self I asked questions to my mum and answered for her now and put myself in different places and I thought that that loss will always inform always be there but it will always inform and so yeah there has been it was you know dogged and whatever and ups and downs but all those horrible bits and I say this to my girl I say you know those horrible bits those bits that make you are also the bits that make you who you are so you've got to celebrate all of it your word is love Lem oh love Uh, (laughs) myself good Uh, yeah that sounds really it's a really bad thing no it's not the best thing because you can't love other people if you can't love yourself I think uh, I'm pretty alright possibly Um, we actually yes loving myself that's the journey for me um, I'd just like to say I think you're more than all right. I think you're pretty kick-ass, spectacular, fantastic. Quote Kate Thornton, yeah. you are... <laughs> you are. And you wear really good clothes, always. Oh, Take it down, it's make well, it shallow. Not, no. <laughs> always look. I know, I've gone shallow. I've gone shallow, but I have Your knitwear's amazing. Your knitwear's amazing, He's always darling. in, like, box fresh trainers and True, lovely Max, and he's always looking well, very dapper. You look just like a really so cool, cool poet You look poet like you care. That's yeah. cool. I'll go with that. I'll take that. Do you think? Do you <laughs> no think, kids, by the way. That's what it is. Um, Lise, love. What does love mean to you? Billy says it straight away. But yeah, and well, I would then say all you need is love, because I think that it's it's really it just is everything. And people say, does that mean with, with love you can adopt? With does that make everything better? You know, if you love, does that solve all the problems no it doesn't solve all the problems you do need the help of a lot of people along the way and sometimes therapy and sometimes people need to jump in and help you mm. but actually love is the best starting point so i Takes think that's village. all you need Takes a village. <laughs> that's true. if you're listening and you've ever had even just a, a, an inclination to foster um, to adopt, um, to find yourself as a parent through a route that is non-biological, then I hope this, this conversation has inspired and informed and assured um, because I think there's so much fear that sits around adoption and I think what we've heard today just lays out the case that people are born good and they deserve love and there's enough people in this world to take care of one another and that 
is about as simple as I can make it. So if you want to foster or become an adoptive parent, then contact your local authorities, go and see your GP, that's where Lisa's journey started, and find the right conversation for you. Every journey is different, but every child is born the same. They need love. And if you can give them that and a roof over their heads, then, boy, you've done good in life. Thank you so much for listening, and my thanks, Lem, for you coming in today, and Lisa for making this happen. Uh, Lem's book, My Name is Wise, out now. It went to number one on the Sunday Times bestseller, and with good reason. You'll know why when you read it. Please do. Lisa's book is available now. It's out in hardback, due to come out in paperback soon, is that yeah, right? Yeah, hey, paperback in January, I think. It's called Meant to Be, and it really was. Thank you so much for listening. This episode, as always, has been produced with Caitlin Mercer for Yahoo, alongside me, and Andy Bell has provided our music. We haven't drunk today, so you don't need to drink responsibly. I'd love to take you two out for a proper drink now. And I want to cry and tell you how much I love you because I do. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.